I'm always seeing things on the news and thinking that can't be right, can it? Listen to the KYW News Radio in depth podcast and make it make sense. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It was around 11.30 when dozens of bullets were fired along South Street, killing 34-year-old Gregory Jackson and 27-year-old Alexis Quinn, who were both shot in the chest. A teacher's union identified 22-year-old Chris Miners as the third person fatally shot. A dozen others, including six teenagers ages 17 through 19, also injured from shots to their arms, chests, and legs. Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw. At this time, we believe that one of the three decedents was a male involved in a physical altercation with another male that was potentially the genesis of the shooting. We're absolutely devastated, devastated by this incident. And we mourn the lives lost and the dozens and dozens of lives affected by this tragedy, not just here in the city, but obviously this is getting national attention. So this time it was Philadelphia on a Saturday night on South Street. It ended up with 11 people injured and three people dead. And we're still trying to wrap our heads around exactly what happened and why this continues to keep happening not just here in the city of Philadelphia, but all over the country. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. Now, John McDevitt was out on South Street after that shooting on Saturday night. When I arrived early in the morning on Sunday morning uh, to South Street, just hours after uh, this tragedy, uh, there were shell casings all over the street from 2nd all the way down to 4th. Um, when I arrived, uh, there were a lot of police, uh, a lot of lights on, complete darkness, stillness, and markers. The, the, the bullet casing numbered markers littered all over the street. There was a shoe over here, a bloody jacket over there, uh, just uh, remnants of, uh, of people just fleeing, like cups and trash and clothing all over the place. And of course, detectives were out there with evidence bags, you know, with cameras measuring things. What I saw from surveillance tape and, and, and also firsthand accounts from, from folks is that there was this big street party, a very large like teenager and uh, uh, maybe early 20 population of people just gathering and, and having a good time on the street, on the sidewalk. There was uh, uh, some accounts of, of, of some fighting and, uh, you know, just uh, things that you might see at, at, at large gatherings uh, of strangers at, at parties. So there were some arguments, there, there, there were accounts of some fighting, and then that's when uh, gunfire erupted. Three loud pop, 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 three or four of them right in a row. Three or four came by again and you could see sparks starting to ricochet off the, uh, the street. And that's when I started running down one of the side streets there. That voice was Eric Rosso from South Philadelphia. He was on South Street Saturday night, leaving the TLA and started running when he heard gunshots. Today, we found out more about what happened on Saturday night in the investigation since then, starting with an arrest. Karan Garner is currently in custody. He's charged with two counts of aggravated assault and two additional counts of aggravated assault on law enforcement officers. Video footage shows him shooting a gun at the scene. Another arrest warrant has been issued for someone who the district attorney's office has not named yet. Assistant District Attorney Joanne Pescatore spoke at a press conference this afternoon and explained what they've found out so far. So Micah Towns is walking down South Street. You can't tell if he's with Karan Gardner at that time. They're in close proximity to each other. 
At some point, he passes by on the same side of the street, Gregory Jackson, and two other men, one of them being the, un, the unnamed person who the arrest warrant is for. As he's passing by, words are exchanged. As words are exchanged, then Gregory Jackson takes a, a swing at Micah Towns, striking him in the face. It's at that point that the other male, who we have an arrest warrant for, uh, begins in, 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 in the melee at that point. Um, Micah, Jackson, Micah Towns is then thrown against a window while they are beating on him. At some point, you see Gregory Jackson, who did have a permit to carry, pull out a gun, and he has the gun at his side. Uh, Micah Towns is in the middle of South Street. At that point, um, Gregory Jackson begins to fire at Micah Towns, who then, Micah Towns, who also has a permit to carry, pulls out his gun and shoots back at Gregory Jackson, ultimately killing him. It's at that ultimately killing who? Gregory Jackson. Um, it's at that point that Karan Garner then begins firing down South Street in the location where this melee took place. And then after he stops shooting, the police, when he turns his gun toward them, fire at him. And then you see Karan Garner run down American Street saying out loud, he shot my hand off, he shot my hand off. Karan Garner then makes his way to Fourth and Bainbridge where there are police position there. There had been an earlier shooting at 4th and Bainbridge approximately an hour before that. Police were at that location for that shooting. Karan Garner approaches the police and tells them, uh, I got shot during this incident. Uh, they put him in a patrol car and take him to Thomas Jefferson University Hospital where he is at this time. Micah Towns is in serious condition at this time. He is at Penn Presbyterian Hospital. Um, and that's why the charges with regard to he as, him as a victim are attempted murder. John went back to the scene on Monday morning where businesses had just about returned to normal. But the events of Saturday night still weighed heavy on people's minds. This morning, uh, you know, things are getting back to normal. Uh, the the uh, businesses uh, uh, like a bagel shop was, you know, baking and some of the businesses were open and getting ready for for the day. But the network crews, uh, you know, CNN, CBS came down from New York and all the local TV stations are out there and people walking their dogs were just coming up and saying how uh, how crazy it is and, and how dangerous it is and how they don't go to South Street anymore after 8 p.m. Really, because after eight o'clock at night, it kind of turns into Thunderdome. You know the, the the people that uh, the people that are on the street. You know it's it, it's crazy. It's 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 not safe, and uh, evidence through what happened the other day. And you know the problem is, it doesn't stay on South Street. It spills over south and spills over north into those communities. You know a lot of the residents uh, and, and business owners that I was speaking with uh, over the past couple of days, all say they're they're concerned, uh, scared. Most of the time I felt safe until yesterday. Now I feel very awkward to it. You know, I don't know how we're going to continue our business like that. Other merchants and, and area residents who live there 10, 20, 30, 40 years are saying it has never been like this. It's concerning. Something needs to be done. Clergy, city leaders, elected officials, members of the community, all have to come together and figure out solutions. Council member Squilla was there today as well. He has been over the past uh, couple of days saying that, you know, a plan needs to be in place. 
I think the whole goal is to get everybody in the room, the mayor's office, the district attorney's office, the police commissioner, the courts, right, the Defenders Association, our clergy, our crime prevention people, and sit down and say, what do we need to do to stop this violence? He's reached out to city officials and others to try to get people at a table and, and find solutions. Perhaps maybe, um, you know, uh, curfews or limiting street access, things like that. But of course, a lot of people saying that, you know, gun reform is absolutely needed. And no matter what side of the aisle you are on, something needs to be done. We all have to agree upon that. Something needs to be done, many here are saying. Um, it just can't go on like this, uh, uh, a lot of people saying here. Dave Urim was also out on the streets talking to people about how they're feeling after this. And this one statement says a lot. Could you ever have imagined being a part of something as horrific as last night? Yes, because that's like what it's like living in America these days. So what happens now? Here's what some of our city's elected leaders have to say. Mayor Kenny called in to KYW News Radio from the U.S. Conference of Mayors in Reno on Sunday. The conversation about gun violence is prevalent uh, throughout this conference. Every city in, in the country is is dealing with this, and it's it's become such a national epidemic uh, that we're looking for the federal government, uh, to the Congress, and the president to help us. I mean, for example, the shooter last night had an extended magazine. There's no reason in the world why an extended magazine should even be available to purchase or to have. Uh, in our society. When it's easier to get a gun than it is a driver's license in Pennsylvania, uh, this is why we have this situation. Uh, last night's altercation, if you remove the gun from the equation, it's probably a fistfight, uh, and no one's dead. So we have to figure out how we can get both our state and federal governments uh, to, uh, to help us with this issue, and we have to figure out a way to make sure that people who carry guns illegally, who are arrested for carrying guns illegally, go to jail. They need to be separated from society. Uh, I don't think everybody who commits a crime needs to go to jail. People who carry illegal guns and are willing to use them need to be separated from us. Pennsylvania Democratic Senator Bob Casey held a roundtable with student activists to hear how young people have been impacted by all of this gun violence. Vote on a background check bill, for one. Vote on an extreme risk protection bill, for example. If someone is posing a danger and it's, it's apparent to their family or their community, Someone could petition a court and a judge could decide to remove a firearm. Republican Senator Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania told CBS's Face the Nation that bipartisan discussions are making some progress. There are intensive discussions underway. It includes people who have not been engaged on this issue in the past. I can't, certainly can't guarantee any outcome, but it feels to me like we are closer than we've been since I've been in the Senate. Like everyone here in the city of Philadelphia, we've got questions for our elected officials. What are they going to do to help stop this bloodshed? What kind of things could actually make a difference right now? And why haven't they happened yet? And we continue to look for those answers. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. I'm Jay Scott Smith. Take care of yourselves out there, and we'll see you again on Tuesday.